You know, for example, uh, <laughs> Daedalus is losing it. We need an event that triggers when someone ninja loots. And then Nerus says a big sandal strike from the sky. That would be an example of an event. I like how you all use teamwork to frame an example of how an event could work. Um, you show uh, solid understanding of how that could potentially happen. Um, I don't know that I care for the reference and, um, you know, for ninja looting, it feels like a bit of a personal attack, but I digress on the, the point. Um, also in my mods, Alfie and I'm talking to you are in chat saying, keep shaking your head, Sim. I will keep shaking my head because it's not true and you all should be ashamed of yourselves, but we'll continue on to talking about. So they continued forging a path through the reactionary world, and it was clear that Vera responded to them. While they had confidence in their skills, it would only be through the events that lie ahead that they would truly know themselves and the mark they would leave on this new civilization. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our attorney, Pathfinder. Let's welcome back once again, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, before we dig in too far, uh, we do have a few announcements, but got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, over at YouTube and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstered greater week after week, friends. Um, also... In typical form, if you want to do us a solid, leave us a review on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. It would help to bolster us in the algorithm there to ensure that people know that this podcast is a legit place and source for Ashes of Creation information. You can uh, go over to our pinned tweet over at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Uh, right there at the top, you'll see all the links to the uh, podcast places, audio, visual, all of that. Uh, also, you can call in to one. 539-664-6801 to leave a voice message for us. And we will play that here on the show as long as it's appropriate. Um, also, you can shoot a message over to our Pathfinder grunt at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. Uh, with that being said, the Patreon, and I talked about Patreon supporters recently, Patreon's about to get a complete reworking for all the podcasts and my own upcoming IP content in the near future. So that will be changing soon. I will be updating and notifying you all of that um, when the time comes, probably sometime in the next couple months. It won't be anytime super soon. But uh, with that being said, we've also uh, got community nights we've been doing on Fridays. Um, we had one last Friday again. <laughs> oh, God. Just saw that in chat. Well, I'll read that in a moment, Brown Rice. It's unbelievable. I'll let me get through the the spiel at least. You know what I'm saying? Um, that was that was freaking brilliant, by the way. But I'll show that in a moment. Uh, we had a community night Friday. We did some City of Heroes again. Um, I was hoping to do some Lord of the Rings online, but we're getting into some of the beefier stuff, like the 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 longer sort of like uh, trial slash 
what what's it called? I forget what they're called. The uh, the the chains, the quest chains that are basically like narratives that lead you to like bosses. I forget the name of them, but um, we did some of those, and there are some coming up that are going to be lengthy. So if you're planning on playing on next community night, please remember that uh, you're going to probably need to be about level 23 over on City Heroes. All the information's right there, though, in Discord if you're interested in joining us. And Knights of the Phoenix, which is the guild that is the spearhead of this community. So if you're looking for a guild for Ashes, or you just love the vibes here with the homies you are used to seeing, might be the place for you. Shoot me a DM on Discord or any of the uh, moderators, and they can kind of help you get oriented to the information. Um, let's see, what else? Yes, I've been doing VODs. I saw a comment in chat just a moment ago. I've been doing the Alpha 1 VODs. I had a bit of a hiccup, though. Like, to be fair, I went through two days of roughly each day being somewhere between 12 to 15 hours of recorded footage. Somehow, and I have zero idea how this happened. This is the strangest thing. You know when you like record and there's like the details of the dates that that you, you recorded for, like as part of the recording data, it, it said I, I'm going off the dates, right? Somehow, one of the videos from one of the days before ended up having the same date stamp on it for when it was recorded, which is really strange. I have no idea how that happened. So the third day of playthrough stuff has been going up, and the first few VODs actually appear like they might be some duplicate footage. Don't worry, though. The, that's probably why I had 15 out, like 15 hours or 18 hours, sorry, of footage I had to cut up. So there's probably three or four episodes in there that are probably not actually brand new uh, compared to what you see in the past two playthrough days worth. But there is, um, we're on track once we hit the point where that gets sorted out and you're like, oh, this is new stuff we haven't seen. I'm gonna be like, all right, cool. That's clearly the day that should be part one. I'll delete the others. I'll fix the catalog, part numbers and all that jazz. So it'll actually be organized accurately. So bear with me. Keep letting me know like y'all have been doing in the comments over there. I greatly appreciate that. Um, also, the Ashes HQ forums are open. You can sign up. I fixed the dilemma that I had about a week ago. I was like having issues where people couldn't sign up. I figured out what the issue was, resolved that. So I'm going to be adding to the forums probably this week, organizing some of the boards now um, so people can sort of like, you know, post some of their own things, posting the rules up there. Um, we also updated the events page on Ashes HQ to reflect the new information we got organized that you'll find it under systems tab over at asheshq.com on the top menu. Um, there, there's a significant amount of information that was added to that page, and I added that yesterday. So the events page, talking about the events uh, system that is in Ashes of Creation, has been updated um, as a result of Intrepid Studios. Guess what they did, Daedalus? They did a damn post on their yep, website. They did. A very nice, pleasant surprise to see that. I was mm -hmm. like, ooh, something to talk about. Something more to talk about because we still didn't finish off last week. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's actually perfectly timed because they left off. Like we left off last week right as we were going to dig into really talking about some of the more detailed bullet points and Q&A points that related to events. And they release that. So we are literally going to be talking about what they posted related to the event system. Um, some of the new information there, some of the stuff outlined in the dev uh, developer live stream for the end of April that we were continuing to chip away at. Hopefully we'll get through all that today. We do have the Q&A stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, 
I did want to hit on one point. It's kind of more of a community oriented discussion point. I don't usually kind of get on a bit of a pedestal or uh, what you call it, soapbox rather, and sort of like preach the gospel or anything. But I, I feel like it's important from time to time when I just feel like there's like some bad information that's being shared. Like, and it, it is going to relate to content creators, also going to relate to like communities. And, and so here's the, here's the, here's the thing I want to say, right? There's naysayers right now because of what? Well, well, Ashes isn't, isn't, they're not delivering on their live streams. They're not showing us anything new. They're making mistakes. Here's how they're making mistakes. Okay. Like people are going to have their opinions and that's fair, but we're starting to be, we're starting to have a, a handful of people. And this isn't just content creators. This is also, you know, communities that are really hungry for this game to launch. They aren't getting it. So they're all kind of like puffing up and, you know, kind of spreading some some things that I just don't think are really very um, constructive related to the game. Like, this is a mistake. This shouldn't be happening. This should be done by now. That should be done by now. Look, we can have our opinions, but I think it's important that, like, if you really want this game to thrive, uh, it's important to have constructive criticisms, right? To actually have something constructive to add and to, you know, to sort of weigh that, with the things that are, they're also doing well, like if you're you're gonna co- if you're gonna cover the game, if you're gonna advocate for it, if you're gonna talk about it, and you're gonna spread information or share information, it's important to actually share things that are credible and not making statements that are based on your own frustrations or opinions, and sort of like framing that as like you know the gospel or something. So I think it's important to state that, okay? Um, yeah, people I understand are not happy because they, you know, want things to be, you know, further ahead right now. And that's completely understandable. But it doesn't do any good for the community or the game when individuals are saying, well, look at how they're screwing up. Look at how they're doing this wrong or they're doing that wrong. And Look, we, we advocate for the positives and the negatives here. Um, we have constructive criticism from time to time. Um, but we try to we try to keep it constructive as opposed to deconstructive, which a lot of these things are actually kind of seeming to be. Um, saying saying things like they aren't showing anything different or progress simply isn't a, isn't a fact, right? Um, there's there's a lot of ways that we can engage that, and I shared this sentiment earlier this week, which is if you want to just look at it like this, okay? If there wasn't something significant there. We wouldn't we would be back where we were in the early years, remember, where we would get a live stream, not knocking it. Right. This is just the reality. Uh, There would be a live stream. There would be information. That information would fill up like one show. And then the next three weeks of the month would basically be us speculating and theory crafting. We get two to three, sometimes almost four of the weeks through the most of the month talking about information related to the developer live streams and it's new information and sure there's some speculation and there's some theory crafting going on but the the show outline here gets significantly full of data to cover and talk about and have conversations around that fill up nearly three weeks roughly almost every month so from an analytical perspective if you look at content here on this podcast alone that kind of that kind of goes to show the opposite. Also, if you look at those damn Ashes HQ outlines we're doing, those things are pretty beefy, 
regardless of whether or not we're talking about a show or tell live stream. There are significant things to point out and talk about. They've got it well organized. The information flows consistently. And there is a significant showcase of progression from one developer live stream to the next. That is just a fact. Okay. So I don't think it's fair to actually be framing Intrepid and in a way where it's like some of these other games that we see that literally are showing you like a bunch of bullet points that they could, you know, a page full of bullet points that they could easily summarize in one paragraph and having like two concept art pieces that they show. And that's basically your, that's basically your content. And then they fill up another half hour of, of like Q and a stuff about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Right. It's, it's not fair to sort of like frame intrepid in that way. Um, or to say that they're making a bunch of mistakes when quite frankly, you're not in the studio. You've got zero idea what's actually going on over there, what they do or they don't have done. So to say that you do is not a fact, is it? So when you hear someone saying stuff like that, probably a good idea to take it with a grain of salt, right? Do your own research. Look at what the actual evidence and the facts support. Make your own decision based on that and not what people are specifically just saying. There we go. That's all I got to say. I've said this same point multiple times over i don't know five years or so now so every now and again it's important to bring up because it's just real talk isn't it anyway call me a white knight if you want to you probably aren't actually listening though if you're saying that so can't really help you anybody with that problem uh okay there it is why don't we talk about the events okay i'm gonna link two things um no really I am. Bear with me here. I need to actually create. Oh, actually, you know what? I can just do this exclamation events because we got commands in Discord and in chat that'll take you to content pages on Ashes HQ to make it real easy for you to follow what we're talking about. There's our events page. You can see that it's been updated. You can see that we've got all the different event types there, some links to maybe some things that are specific. I'll probably do a little bit of tinkering there. That was the best I could do, uh, updating it on on a little bit of time I had yesterday. Uh, I've got a lot of things I'm gonna be adding to all the pages soon though, so I'm slowly trickling in new goodies and stuff and things, okay? There's that. Let's go ahead and do this. Also, this is the Intrepid Studios one. We have a little bit of extra dialogue. We, we took the same information. Some of it's cut down a little bit. Some of it's elaborated on a little bit more. Some of it sort of fit, fit into places where we already had basically the same info. But we've got the reactionary world, which is the name of today's show, as its own separate little blurb that is additional. Um, definitely check the page out. Let me know what you think. Uh, you know, give it, take it through the ringer if you want to, if there's anything that looks wrong. Because again, I was running on uh, E when I did that yesterday. Um, but we got more information. Previously, I even had events categorized under PVE only because we only really knew that we were going to have PVE events in the game. Now, a month or so ago, Stephen, well, two months roughly, or I think it was back, Stephen actually hinted that events, you might have essentially these like open world, like battleground things that sort of happened when sieges might be going on. So that was his first like, breadcrumb that we might see some event style content that may exist in a pvp atmosphere right but 
they reinforced and and clarified concretely that that is going to be the case in the last developer live stream, as well as in releasing this uh, article right here. Okay, so I am going to hit on real quick. I'm just going to shoot through um, these bullet points in the uh, developer update real quick. And then I think maybe we'll just talk about that along with what was actually outlined um, in the event uh, article that they posted. Sound good? Okay, let's see. So on the event systems where we sort of left off, we were talking about right here. One of the most common events are the calendar events, right? He talked about there being a world clock in the background that needs to be managed or else the world will affect your day-to-day -day activity and force you to respond to it. Um, in regard to the spawning of events that can lead to node attacks, um, said so there are going to be certain, or sorry, enemies are going to have certain hate lists for buildings that a node may have access to when they attack a node. That building choice might relate to something that is indicative to that storyline for that event, or it could be something that is pivotal to the defense of the city in order to weaken them for potential player attacks afterwards, uh, which will direct the enemies to uh, specifically attack certain buildings depending on the reasoning for their attack, right? So whatever they're there for, whatever their objectives or their AI is programmed to sort of like seek out. Um, he talked about POI events, right? This basically point of interest in the world related to, again, narrative quests. Talked about enemies can only grow stronger as the node grows. So the node progression and stage is going to have to be increasing for enemies to have higher levels of strength. So that's something to, that we kind of knew about previously. Um, he said that there are going to be enemy outposts that may have uh, that might have influential inhabitants of the world. You might have a leader of the speakeasy, which may have information that if you do not address, could be shared with your enemies, causing other triggered events. I kind of want to stop on that one. What do you what do you hear when you when you hear that one, Dana? Listen, feel free to hit on any other couple points there before too. I mean, I, it actually reminds me a bit um, of the event system that I've seen in Rift, um, actually, that I really liked, is that you had kind of these random things that popped up um, that were maybe not necessarily related to progression, but it was like these like things that you needed to do, and they get got progressively more difficult depending on like which you know which type of thing it was i i see this as maybe a little more dynamic than that and i'm i'm hoping that with this system it sounds great on paper i am hoping that they also consider um the fact that sometimes if there's not the proper level of curation done with it they can get a little repetitive um so i think they just need to be mindful of that in terms of how they're um, programming that logic and what types of triggers might occur um, and also what type of content it creates uh, as well. Um, I think actually New World also did something like this too, where, um, you know, you had certain PVE events that popped up and if you didn't take care of them, it turned into a full-blown, like, you know, siege event that happened in a particular area of the world. Um, but 
also after a while that got pretty repetitive too. Um, so I just would like to see this, you know, have a little bit more um, variety in how it's implemented uh, so that it doesn't become a repetitive thing, um, that it becomes an actual event. Um, so like you know, personally, I mean, I, I like the idea of having like calendar events, things you can expect to see that might have like unique things. Um, but I also like the fact that the world isn't necessarily stable, that you can't have things happen. Because when those unexpected things happen, um, you tend, that's when the memories come about, right? Because you're not, you're just kind of doing your thing, something happens, it kind of gives you that wow moment, you gather your friends and you go take something out. Or you don't realize the impact something's going to have and you ignore it and then it becomes much worse. And then you've got to deal with it too. So I do really like this um, idea. I'm just like, based on experiences in other games, I really hope they're focusing a lot on the logic and the content generation. So it feels, um, you know, it doesn't feel as repetitive as it potentially can be. Uh, and that's kind of where I guess my feedback is. I'm excited, but I'm also thinking, okay, let's take a look at how other developers have implemented this and do one better, right? Let's not make it repetitive. Let's try to find ways where it can be something that's truly feels unique and dynamic every time it happens. Yeah, they showed an example video from the last developer live stream of an event, which were the goblins that essentially were like sort of, you know, charging into the to the city or whatever. They actually released some uh, shots of those. Uh, I don't remember if that shot of the shield was necessarily in because I remember that in the video they showed it was like goblins were sort of chilling up on the slope of the hill, looking down at like the edge of town. They're running down to town, and that was sort of like the rinse repeat. They in the in the events article that they launched, they they showed some uh, images, screenshots, and uh, we got to see that one shield. Remember the one that was like one of the cosmetics or whatever, which I mm -hmm. actually was one of the ones I got, and I saw that I was like, oh hell yes, that is some straight up. Paladin styled Lightbringer sort of like bulwark shield. And I was like, yeah, look at that thing. Look at it. I'm pausing it. Look at that beautiful thing. Oh my God. That Very speaks nice. to my Lightbringer soul. And some of you are going, and this is where I go back to I said I wasn't going to forget to say this. Somebody in chat, <coughs> Brown Rice, <coughs> excuse me. Um, somebody in chat said something about casting coffin. Daedalus made this up. So we were we're going to be playing. We Like I said, we do commu <laughs> community nights. We do some City of Heroes. We got a group of us, a, a pretty good number, a pretty good number of us actually are jumping in Lotro. And we're playing it casually. We've been having a hell of a time. Um, look at me. Minox is like, he's so proud of that. Yeah, he is. He first, we were going to be like calling it the, you know, Denison. Cause I was like the thing people were saying about what my housing in ashes is going to be called, which it's not by the way. Um, I make, I let you all make some decisions, but I do draw the line somewhere. However, in V rising with some of us are going to be playing survival game coming up. Uh, 
Daedalus might have came up on Community Night saying, calling it the casting coffin. And you're going, why Why is that a funny thing, Sim? It's because on the sister podcast of this show, Looking for More, which you can catch on Thursday at 5 p.m. right here on this channel, every damn week for the most part, over on that Daggum podcast, Nathan Napalm, who's a YouTuber, and also everyone else that's been on the show has basically reinforced this, another untrue narrative about me and they say that that damn couch back there that you see is a casting couch right that it's the couch that people have to get on before they join the show it's not true if you understand what this means and you realize this this is a little bit in the naughty domain right so daedalus was like casting couch nah homie we're playing vampires in v rising make the server casting coffin and i was like for like 0.85 seconds, I basically like put, put my hand over my face and was like guffaw, you know what I mean? But then I kind of was like giggling and laughing a lot because honest talk, that's pretty good, dude. Well done. I'm not saying that that's I, I I'm not saying that resonates with me. I'm just saying it was a well done. Um, if you want to be, you know, a pain in the ass, your buddy, basically, is what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, credit worth due. I guess that's going to be the name of our B Rising server. So, Casting Coffin um, in chat. Holla, holla. All right, there. There we go. <sighs> Back to events now that I've um, talked about that. Okay, cool. So, they did elaborate on uh, these events being tied to, and this is where I'm going to do a little bit of tying into the article. Types of events are calendar events, which I mentioned already, right? These are things like, um, you know, which they actually talked about this on the live stream. Uh, Margaret specifically said, we, we've been listening to you all. We've talked about this here too. Um, when we talk about holidays in the game, uh, there's a lot of us who are like, we really like the holidays being around um, the time of year. You know, that it's sort of, uh, it, it may not be the same holiday, you know, like it might have a different name. It might have like a different culture, but it sort of celebrates a similar theme as the ones that we celebrate here in the real world. And we talked about this and I was like, yeah, I dig that. Like, I don't really care for the whole Merry Christmas in the game when it's like that. That only fits like Earth people. Right. Not Varens. It shouldn't like for a fantasy world. It should be different. I like it when it aligns. But with that being said, I don't want it to be like a complete just, you know, complete reflection of the holiday we have here in the world. And so they were like, we heard you. Some of you all really want there to be um, a very strong element of, uh, you know, the culture of the planet in that holiday. And, you know, some of you really want it to be around the same time. This is where I I think Margaret actually dropped by in the Ashes post show after that developer live stream um shout out to her and all the other devs that dropped by because you all are awesome super wholesome um she dropped by and said that she had mentioned something about that and i kind of said to her like um well if there's if you're gonna do that right to where it's gonna be sort of like running parallel but it's not the same holiday just like it but in the variant holiday right then man, the seasons like as quickly as they're shifting is like kind of going to be a little could be potentially a little strange. And she said she had said something about that. I still can't find it. I'm just because there's too much information and I'm just missing it. But they said they're listening. They really are paying attention to that. So I'm really curious where they're going to go with this particular type of event. Um, it's good to see that it actually 
is going to be categorized in there. And I think also, which isn't something that we're talking about too specifically, but I think this is another really good opportunity. Like if you're going to have calendar events, you're going to have, here's the other ones, note attacks, which are events, monster coin events, which we knew about are also events, pop-up events. And they said an example of that is going to be like, you know, the type of small scale events that put pressure on a sense of danger in Vera. Right. And I think a good example of a pop-up event could be like corruption spreading, which Steven had previously mentioned. Um, POI events, which we also hit on a little bit already, narrative events, PvP objectives. So there's a lot of opportunity to tie this into that in-game calendar that they talked about, too. I think that would be really useful, especially if they're talking about potentially having a phone app that you can track some of the things going on in the game. Like, not the kind of like World of Warcraft, because we talked about that, too. We don't want to, most of us don't want to see... I can jump on in my phone and I can do some of those things that I can do in the game. Like, no, 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 no. Like interact with my guildies maybe sounds cool. Jump on and like, see what events are popping in the world shortly coming up, you know, calendar events for like holidays are a good example. There's like, yeah, this is official. This is, it comes from their mouth off the live stream. So, um, you know, they, they've already mentioned that they're, they're going to have a companion style app. It's just a matter of what they're going to include in it. Specifically, they talked about being able to integrate like community features and tracking of events, but not necessarily meaning that they are going to allow you to have some sort of like agency over the game on the app. Very different. Um, so anyway, anything about what I was saying there I kind of was rambling on that for a minute. Um, this one thing that I think would be would be cool. Again, not sure how complicated this will be, but sure. they've talked about the calendar events and the fact that they want to do it like in parallel, but it not be exactly the same thing. I think well, something that would be neat is to have like each of the the races have their own spin on that particular event, not necessarily just cosmetically different. Like, um, you know, today, like when you celebrate a holiday, not every every culture celebrates a particular holiday. They might have different versions of it depending on their culture. I think that'd be something that would add a lot of nuance and, um, and variety to the world. Again, not sure how feasible that is, but it would be something that I think would be really neat to consider is maybe they don't call the holidays the same thing. Maybe there's, you know, different like quest lines as opposed to something like wow, where, regardless of your faction you kind of did the same like repetitive stuff over and over regardless of you know what your race was um so i i think that would be neat to do like some sort of differentiation and, and make it really truly something that's varin versus something that is just like you know a carbon copy that just across the world is going to be kind of the same thing the same gameplay loop again not sure how feasible it is but um I'm hoping that that's something that they're thinking about too, considering how much they're really building into this event system. It would make that even more resonate even more in terms of it being unique. Yeah. And that's the thing I linked it in chat too, talking about the companion app. There's some things like, again, we, we only know like bits and pieces around this, but the, the idea for notifications that are letting you know about things that are sort of coming up that I'm totally good with. And I think, and it's not like listed on the wiki either. And I keep in mind, we don't even have this on the HQ because quite frankly, there's just not enough information to really 
um, validate us making a page for it. It's just too, we don't know, right? And it's going to probably not happen till well after the games launch anyway. Um, but for, for me, like, I think one of the great things would be like just being able to, you know, like the guild chat feature that I like some agency over monitoring things, guild related calendars, notifications, like they mentioned for like maybe parlor games. And I think, I think one thing that they could capitalize on is going to be like the, uh, the, um, the ranking structure for like the seasonal content that they talked about. I think it'd be very interesting too. Um, especially if you really are choosing what you are going to be notified by, I think having some agency, uh, over what specific notifications you want versus what you don't want would be important. Um, but this is one of the things that I think is going to be really important for big things like node sieges, castle sieges, um, things related to the marketplace, not being able to like list auctions. And I'm not saying that because World of Warcraft, you could do that. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that's it's a little that's a little bit much. Right. Uh, I think even though it's convenient, you kind of want to have people in in the game engaged in the game like but something you're doing on your character like walking up to list something or going up to a stall to do some action um that i think you need to be in game for having the agency to see notifications related to those systems is a whole different thing i think though um but that's just my opinion on that yeah, I agree. I mean, anything social, I'm all on board with. I mean, at one mm-hmm. point, I think Stephen mentioned something about being able to do crop rotations, like, or something on your, if you have a freehold. Even that, I'm like, mm, mm. I'm not sure I'm a fan of that. Right. I, mean, I think it should be definitely focused on, like, social or logistical type of things. So if you know, hey, we've got XYZ events coming up, I think that's great to know because it, it brings people into the world as yes. opposed to keeping them out yes. and having them like, you know, uh, play through their phone. Um, right. I think, which again, it's like, you know, I, this isn't, this isn't a blizzard thing, man. Okay. This, this is, this is fair. Right. This is Ash as a creation. We, we don't just play on our phones. We got to play in the world. It's a massive right. multiplayer game, not a glorified single player experience. Yeah, this is like kind of in the same domain of issues that I take with a lot of games that have like, uh, you know, too many um, like too many like dungeon finder sort of elements that are or in there. You know, what I mean, like I actually I know it takes more time and I know it's a it's a bit more taxing, but I, I liked back when you like really actually had to go to a to a freaking summoning stone outside of dungeons like you had to get enough people there you could summon you had to have a certain amount of people to do the summon i think it was like two right you had to have the person that would basically like en- enable it and you had to have another person that had to basically click on them to help sort of almost yeah. power it I, yeah. I i like that sort of stuff i know that that's i know that that's you know not convenient um but i don't think the answer is to bypass the engagement of being in the world and exploring it, being a part of it. And yeah, you're totally right. When you're, you can do it on your phone and you don't have to be in the game to do it. That defeats the purpose, right? It's, it's the same problem as like when we talk about, um, login rewards, right? That's not a good reason in my opinion to get people log into your game, right? You want people to log into your game and get in my opinion, because 
you want them excited to be a part of the world and to be hanging out with people, to be exploring it, to be engaging in the content, looking forward to the next adventure. And when you, you know, put too much into something like a phone app or a dungeon finder, you take away from that. You take away from that community and the engagement and the, in the open world that people can have with one another, which from my perspective is a big part of what's wrong with a lot of MMORPGs these days. It doesn't capitalize on that anymore. So uh, let's hit on this one right here. I wanted to hit on now. Um, we, we talk about narrative events, haven't we? We've talked about those before, how that are going, you know, it's going to be based on the story of the world. Um, now this is clearly going to be a PVE oriented one, but I think it has the potential for there to be a PVE component to this too, even though maybe it's not necessarily, you know, you think narrative part of the plan, but I mean, there, there can be reasons to go to PVP enabled areas or, you know, scenarios that are different than maybe PVP objectives. Um, you know, uh, and I think, um, it's going to be interesting to see where they try or where, whether they do try to bridge the gap between the PV and the PVP element when it comes to uh, events and narrative specifically. Um, I don't know, man. They said, while story, narrative story arcs take time to develop across the server, narrative events will show players that their choices play a bigger part in shaping the world around them through individual actions. So what are some good examples of that in, in our mind? Um, I mean, I can't think of any games that kind of stand out to me like that, but it just this also just feels like what we were talking about in the last uh, podcast around this just totally feels like uh, we're in Steven's head in terms of how he runs his D&D campaigns. Mm. And they talk, I think they talked a little bit about it on the live stream too, is that He's like always got these like branching like choices that his players potentially might make. And so I do really like this idea. I'd like to see it in action and how it plays out. And obviously this is going to be the long game. This isn't going to be something, you know, that's, you know, happening quickly. You might see the consequences of some choices that the server has made. Um, much later, like months down the line. And I actually really like that idea is you're like, it, it's kind of, honestly, it reminds me a lot of like a single player experience, mm -hmm. but now you would, but you've got a lot more players that are making choices like say mass effect. Right. I remember just having those situations where you had like two different choices and depending on what your choices were, there was some benefit, but there was also some cost. And so, um, I, I do like this, uh, and it just reminded me of that more than anything. But I'm I'm struggling, to, and if anyone has any feedback there, I'm struggling to find a multiplayer experience that had kind of that same type of weight that might occur at a server level. Because you obviously had individual stories that you could do or group stories like in a dungeon or what have you. But I'm talking about like server-wide change. I just I haven't experienced something like that to really know, um, you know, to, or at least have an example where I thought uh, a developer did something good there or, or not good for that matter. But I just, this, this, this one intrigues me the most because it's actually reminds me of that node one, the first node video that I saw that it's like, man, I got to learn more about this game. Mm -hmm. It was, it felt like there was that right yeah. um, element of the, 
the dragon that you woke because the node developed and so on. And then that dragon attacked the, you know, the node and you had to rise up against it in order to stop it. Or if you ignored it, it just got worse kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that and like the corruption spreading are important, you know, and they talked about node attacks. I think the main thing they focused on in the node attacks bit too was essentially taking certain buildings out of commission and how, like, you know, essentially you would be rallying together to stop that from happening. Because what, I mean, those, some of those buildings could be important for crafting and they could be important for a variety of different reasons that, you know, are going to be very important for that particular node. I mean, obviously, I think that's going to depend on the node type, right? Because if you have, like, a divine node versus, like, a military node versus, like, an economic node, there's going to be specific buildings that are going to be there within the metropolises or cities that will exist that are going to be important to that node type that, you know, the majority of citizens for that node are probably going to be there for. Um, I, I remember, too, they had mentioned that servers that have a higher population have the potential. They will potentially have a potential to um, have a higher frequency of events as a result of that. So it's going to be interesting because I think when it comes to that component, my my reference here, my my dear thoughts to share on that is I, I think it, there's a, a bit of a fine line there for me, because if the events are too redundant and don't feel meaningful enough, people aren't going to f- potentially feel incentivized to engage in them, regardless of the population over what they could be doing otherwise. And I don't think that you want it to be feel too much like the task that I have to prioritize every time I'm online when it's going down. Otherwise, you know, it's sort of that, that like dilemma, right. With, uh, getting on in a, in a, in a MMORPG game where you've got to get on and spend, we literally talked about this. I think meet hook Zod, Donver, uh, who else was in there? Scions, all the, all the homies that were in there last night, we were playing Lord of the Rings online and we were actually talking about this in discord that, that at that time. And it was like, you don't want it to get on the game like, you know, and feel and it feel like you have to do certain things first and foremost that will take up a significant amount of your time before you can just do the other things you're there because you want to do them um, with your time that day. So and and I know, I know, I know you're like, yeah, but Sim, node sieges, those are going to be really big. You're going to have to prioritize those. But those are going to be happening every day. Castle sieges won't be happening every single day either. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's going to be important that those events feel meaningful enough to where and aren't probably taxing to a certain degree. And and what the answer is on that degree or frequency, I don't have the answer to that. I think listening to the players is going to help to answer that question. Um, but that's one of the things that um, when I when I think of events specifically, I'm like, you don't I don't think you want to make them feel like they are. They have to be a priority all of the time if they're happening frequently, like related to nodes, et cetera, because that could be potentially overly taxing. Then again, maybe they won't require too, too many people. I think maybe that's part of the equation, too. If it requires, doesn't require, but maybe like 15, 20 people, it's probably not going to matter that much, you know, to the to the greater like uh, community of players that otherwise may not want to do that. Um but but I don't know. I don't know what would be 
what would be too much, what would be too little. I, I think that's a question that I definitely want to hear from the community on, maybe even from you on Daedalissa, just to gather like ideas around that. Because uh, I think it is one that, in regard to events, but more specifically the maintenance aspect of events, mm-hmm. and I think node attacks would definitely fall into that category. Um, yeah, I don't know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think what you said actually sparked something like as far as like a cautionary tale about what not to do. And you probably know where I'm going to go with this, but New World did like in terms of like repetition and like just engorging the player base in air quotes events. Um, You know, I just felt like the pacing on that was so off. You just went to it got to a point where you burn people out because you were constantly having, and I'm not only just talking about PVE stuff, which that escalated quickly. And so it ended up becoming less and less meaningful over time. Um, It's also with the PVP component of it is you just allowed players to, things almost became too dynamic um, where like the night was stacked up with, like PVE sieges and PVP sieges. And it just felt like you were forced. And if you wanted to protect a certain area, which your guild or alliance own, you were just constantly like having to log on to be there. And I think that's where the meaning went by the wayside and the job aspect of the MMO just surfaced and it just made it less and less enjoyable because it again it just felt like you had to be there um and in some cases like the way the events were balanced not necessarily talking as much about pvp that was more in some cases bug related um but even with the pve aspect it was just like it took so much time to kind of you know get past some of um you know some of the more like buggy aspects of that uh, it just it just made it a very cool on paper experience, really annoying as all get out in practice. And so pacing is important. V- variety of content is important. Meaning in terms of the server story is is important. Um, you know, one of the other things like John and chat mentioned about Rift, Rift had invasions as well. But it wasn't necessarily like I guess I consider those more pop-up events than actual narrative events, which is frankly what the new world aspect was. It was more pop-up event than narrative event. It didn't really move the story forward. It just shifted the balance of power one way or the other. And so I, I'm I'm hoping that it that there's like just a lot of variety, not only in the content, um, you know, give it gives, you know, the the people on the server enough ways to like strategize to maybe lose and learn and beat uh, and, and beat the event uh, as well um, with like different, you know, different strategies, but also um, not necessarily like create. And I think Ashes of Nero said something to this effect too, is not necessarily create like, um, a behavior in players that if you have um, if you have like a certain type of event um, that people are always like, okay, well, we need to let it get to stage two to get the really good rewards. So we're not going to do you know anything for stage one. 
we're going to let it escalate. I just, I feel like that isn't, you know, that's not a behavior that I, that I expect or want intrepid to encourage. I want, um, you know, there to be maybe different things that impact like how the players have an advantage or disadvantage. And if they maybe don't like address the, whatever problem gets raised in the event early, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get a better reward. They just might have a more difficult path. So there's just as much opportunity to get good rewards beating it at that stage one than there is at the stage five or whatever it is. Um, and, and so I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's that level of variety too, because then it incentivizes players to participate as opposed to waiting until it gets really bad and then like saying, okay, I'm going to drop what I'm doing because it's at this really like uh high stage. Um, I, don't let me forget, Daedalus. Let's come back to this as for, first as I, I make this public service announcement to those people in my chat that are being just unbelievable. There's two parts to this I got to reference, and then we'll get back on track. But, John, thank you in chat for reminding me from last week. Cutscenes were brought up. Let's talk about that right after this, and we'll get back into events even after that. I see you got got food, right? So, number one, I, I feel happy because I, okay, that's probably not the right word. I, I'm proud. No, it's about the fact that you all have a good understanding of how uh, events could be triggered. You know, for example, uh, <laughs> Daedalus is losing it. We need an event that triggers when someone ninja loots. And then Neris has a big sandal strike from the sky. That would be an example of an event. I like how you all use teamwork to frame an example of how an event could work. Um, you show uh, solid understanding of how that could potentially happen. Um, I don't know that I care for the reference. And, um, you know, for ninja looting, it feels like a bit of a personal attack, but I digress on the, the point. Um, also in my mods, Alfie and I'm talking to you, are in chat saying, keep shaking your head, Sim. I will keep shaking my head because it's not true. And you all should be ashamed of yourselves, but we'll continue. On to talking about low key i'm legit concerned because steven's troll enough he would totally do something in the game just because it would be funny for him and there are too many people at this point that would enjoy it that he knows it would be good content if it happened too so it would be like he's helping me with content the community's gonna love him even more for it he has less reason not to do it and more reason at this point i have a legitimate concern about one day logging in and not being able to do anything because I can't lose anything in the game or all of a sudden the sandal drops out the sky. The sandal exists in too many ways in the game already. A, a literal sandal that could be a physics related object that could just drop down and squish me doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility in Ashes of Creation anymore. Right? So I don't really know. I, yeah, see, Mediocre Dog's like, yeah, you said would do that. Exactly. Crushing the dome, quote unquote. I don't, Daedalus, come on, man. You know, Good Lord, Sim, you sound like me doing report card comments. I like the way they engage in teamwork to totally derail the class. <laughs> I don't know why I sound like that. That might be something to it. But back on track. Cutscenes. They did hint at that in the last developer live stream. That was really cool to hear. Because, you know, it, it, I do like cutscenes, man. I do. Even if you don't get them, 
you know, for you don't get like the animated characters talking where you get, you know, that sort of choice and you you don't get voice acting for the quest, which, by the way, I know they don't. They are probably not going to have when the game launches. I would love it if they had added that later. I think it would just make the game so much better. Um, but cutscenes, I think if they actually were to have that with launch, I don't know if they would. But even if they're just for the big narrative pieces, man, I think that would actually I think that would actually help balance a lot of people's. You know what I'm saying? Like the the people that are really like kind of maybe bummed because of the fact that they're just going to have uh, dialogue quests and they aren't going to get voice acting. I think that could actually really help bridge the gap a lot for those people. What do you what do you think? And I guess maybe what would be a good way to use cutscenes in your opinion? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think cutscenes to deliver story. I mean, if there's anything that I could give Blizzard credit for over the years in World of Warcraft is the quality of their cutscenes. So I would totally mm. be a fan of that. Yeah. I I mean, we already know that there's isn't gonna be like a lot of voice acting or voiceovers in the game right now, just because of resources and time. But I do hope that they um they do invest some time even early on in some of those major events and doing some sort of cutscenes, even if it's like uh, something like what Blizzard has done, which was like maybe do some precursor content, right? Um, as they release the game on like maybe giving you a little bit of lore. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily something that I've I would want them to invest a ton of time in like throughout the game, but in those major plot points. And then as they get more into their rhythm, kind of ramping that up later mm. um, would be good. But I think that's a, a great way to deliver story um, uh, to players. And it's, it's in my opinion, it is something that's relatively straightforward to do and include as a trigger. So yeah, I would be totally a fan of that. Yeah, I would too. And I I think it's, you know, it's it's interesting because in an MMORPG placement of cutscenes, it, it's very different than with like a with like a solo RPG game, I think. You know, because I think the the guy you're sort of guided through narrative in a lot of ways, even if you're choosing where where you're engaging in that narrative, it's still pretty, you know, you know, it's pretty much concrete. Like this happens exactly here at this point. We want you to see certain things at these points with an MMORPG. Like you don't really, I don't think you want too many. I think you can get away with a lot more in an, like an RPG game, but with an MMORPG, I think you just want them for the big things like those big, like iconic epic moments that happen. Um, you know, I think some, for example, like someone, if someone's like taking a, a main character's soul or, you know, some really important city uh, is being taken out and, you know, by one of the primary antagonists in the game. You know, when the primary antagonists are out there doing bad things, that's the stuff I think you really want to capitalize on. Not necessarily like every part of the story, unless you're going to ensure that I think you're doing it consistently enough. Like uh, Final Fantasy XIV, um, they, you get a lot of like... I'm not going to say necessarily cutscenes, but you get a lot of like, um, maybe they are, they are, they are cutscenes actually, but they don't all have voice acting to them. Sometimes I actually feel like those are a bit much and that's an MMORPG, right? Like when you get to the end of a big quest chain 
and something really important is going down, like that makes sense. But for every time you go back and talk to the person about it, like that's that's a lot of development time that gets added to a game. And if you don't do it right, it just feels like here I am sort of stuck in this, um, you know, having to pay attention to what's going on here. Then in Final Fantasy XIV, the issue is you can't hear all of it. Totally understand why. Point is, is like just maybe don't do it if you're not going to have voice acting for it. So I don't know, man. I, I think I'm a little picky about that. I don't like too much of it. Um, but Unreal Engine 5 is going to make it look beautiful. And that's totally a thing. Yeah, Scourge is right. 100% a thing. You know, that was one of the main reasons for for my, uh, for my IP. Why I was like thinking about just using Unreal Engine for promotional sort of like content of like panning through the environment of the world or you know having a character sort of walking and you know looking out over a ledge at like the landscape like those types of things are super super intuitive in unreal engine 5 so um the capability to have that be a consistent component even at the game's launch doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility at this point um anyway there's a lot of uh, extra rambling about it all. We talked about pop-up events. Monster coins, I don't really want to hit too much on just because we know we know about that. We've talked about that a lot around here. Note attacks we hit on. Calendar events or holidays we hit on a bit. The POI events, I mean, essentially the main thing there is it's, uh, you know, often failed POI events can have, be precursors for node attacks threatening nearby civilizations. So I think the POI events are going to be important things for people to be aware of because they're sort of like the catalyst it sounds like um for the things that could have a greater impact on like your 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 node buildings and things like that um, we talked about the narrative events pvp objectives right i'm gonna tell them this one real quick the event system also create a variety of pvp situations of world from small skirmishes that lead into sieges to battles over capture points during a node or castle siege pvp objectives will play crucial role in determining the tide of battle all right so it's going to be interesting to see how they decide to sort of utilize skirmishes at a cat as a catalyzing event for sieges again i think that's something that if it's done right can be an interesting um element to add for like you know additional depth and like making it a grander uh sort of like event but if it's like kind of trivial or it just feels like too taxing, it's one of those things I also think, you know, you have to be a bit conscious, uh, you know, kind of like careful about, you know, any thoughts on that Daedalus? Yeah. I just like, I, I want them to be strategic choices, not like every time we do this, we must do X, Y, Z in yeah. order to get it. Like, I mean, I think that that's the, I, I think going to be a good differentiator to say, okay, like strategically they're, using more of i don't know this type of you know siege defense we need to go after this area versus you know they might have less siege weaponry but they've got more i don't know of a certain type of npc guard or something i, I don't know it just there's got to be some variety so that it's not the same repetitive cycle over and over and i know i keep like you know beating this dead horse throughout like today's podcast but repetition in my opinion, just makes things less fun. Yeah. Like it's the, the clutch moments, the dynamic moments that really get people engaged and make them want to do these events over and over again, or participate in content over and over again. Um, and I think that's important um, to really 
be a part of their design is to say like, let's try to give players as many options as possible and give them, you know, some point and counterpoint, similar to how they're balancing, um, you know, classes and teams is there's, there's going to be like strategy involved in going up against different classes. And you might have somewhat of an advantage being one class over the other, but there's always going to be a counterbalance. And I kind of want to see that in the broader content as well, is that it's not always the same one button win or set of button win. It's, it's about variety and differentiation in terms of the content. Yeah, I totally agree with that too. I mean, I, I got to reinforce on that again, like that repetitive nature. That's something that, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? When it's forced repetition, when it feels forced repetition, it just, I don't, I don't like it. It just, you know, but choosing to engage in something repetitive is a different thing when you're doing it because you want to do it. You know what I mean? And everyone's going to have their own reasons for what they want to do, right? And because we have to or else never works well for someone like me. Ever, 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 right? That's like, I feel like someone's encroaching on my free will a bit whenever I, when that sort of thing happens. Like, you have to, you must. I'm like, I'm like, grown ass man, you'll tell me how to live my life. You know what I mean? That part of me comes out and I'm like, no, I, I want to have the freedom of choice. I don't want to feel that like I'm locked into a certain mechanism that I have to engage in just because I want to be in this world, just because I want to log on and have some fun. I don't want to feel like it's a damn job, right? Repetition can feel like a job and it can also feel like fun. It depends on what a person enjoys, right? When it's forced, I don't think it ever really does feel a whole lot of, like a lot of fun for most people. Um, unless you're into that thing, but some people are and no judgment, but that's not me. Um, I wanted to hit on I wanted to hit on this too. Was we're going back, so we've we've talked about what they've structured in their event article, and I want to hit on some of the bullet points that relate to, um, yeah, relate to the development live stream. This one, this one's an interesting one to talk about. So there's also event levels. Content is scaled with the level of the content that it triggers. Something we hit on already, but for example. If an event takes place in a zone which has a population of average level 25, then one of the trigger conditions might be that 10 monsters of level 25 have been killed recently in that zone, and the level 25 event will then spawn additional content designed for level 25 players. These events are not always going to be endgame. They're going to be appropriate for the content in which the uh, the predicate system is forming, but they could have or also be something completely top level that is introduced at a lower level area, which will bring players traffic. That I think is a that is a really good design plan from my perspective, because it gives people of potentially all different levels, maybe even more specifically higher level players, a reason to come into an area that they may otherwise disregard because it's for lower level people. Um, this helps with lower level people being able to engage in potentially content that high level people can engage in. I think it can potentially also really synergize well with the potential mentor system that they're working on. If they choose to integrate some of those, uh, you know, design themes into that. 
I think it could be really good for the game. Um, and again, helping people is about community. And when you focus on community, I think that's good for an MMORPG. And this has the potential to really reinforce upon that and incentivize people to be doing that. So I don't know if you had any thoughts about that, but that one was the one that I, I just thought was a really big takeaway from the dev stream. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think the, you know, one of the like first things that I wrote about um, on my Ashes HQ articles was community and how game design can help um, encourage behaviors and you know just having that ability to mm-hmm. um, minimize the stratification of players so that higher level more powerful players that have spent maybe more time in the game or were early adopters of the game can still go in and join up with players that are newer or not as progressed and have both those contributions be relevant in their own way, I think is really good. It's not, it's not an everybody gets a ribbon type of reward. It's bringing people together to say, you know, look, Hey, we've got this threat that's happening. We need to address it. You know, let's, let's come together and protect our homes. Um, So uh, like to me, that's the more options we can have to encourage community, um, the more options I think we're going to have to just have a good time Um, because an MMO is about others. It's not, it's not about a solo experience. And if you walk into like a game like ashes of creation, thinking that you're just going to sit and grind and solo the entire time and not have to interact with other players, this is not the game for you. Right. And I, I really like the fact that they're continuing to encourage that type of um you know community behavior especially in in terms of where we normally see a disparity right oh well you're only level 10 i'm not going to group with you because of x y and z i've got other bigger things to do um and or vice versa it's like i'm only level 10 i can't go play with my friends because they're a much higher level than me and they've maybe spent a little more time in the game than I have. So just have kind of having that thread of community run through it is just going to make the game more engaging for everyone, I think. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's really super important. Yeah. And I just want to, I want to take a moment to like shout out Daedalus and Skylark, the botanist, be sure to go to those articles that you see. There's a comments area down below where you can you can literally create a username, login. It's the same sort of thing for the forums, right? You can go, you can create your, you put your own like you know, avatar in whatever you want to do. Make sure you go in there and and you know give a shout out to the people that are uh, helping to curate those articles. Uh, give them a solid you know thumbs up or hammers up for for contributing their time and stuff because they put a lot into those. And you know for me it's just it's a really good feeling to. To like look at that i mean skylark i actually put his name first on those uh you know developer outlines now i don't i don't put my name first on the contributors because i'm just the guy that edits it and edits a few last things does some revisions posts them you know and and uploads the the thing but he does the he does the heavy lifting on that so 
That's a community member who's contributing Daedalus is over there with his uh, Ashen Herald articles that he's doing the Herald's ballads. Um, <clears throat> it helps to enrich the HQ website to give it more value for the community. So it's a you know an even better resource. We have the forums now, and uh, it's just really good, man, to like go in there and go because I create this tag cloud that I've been creating. If you go to the main articles page, and it literally showcases like the the tags for the different article types. And, you know, there's the developer live streams, there's the Herald Ballad stuff, and you can literally click the tags and see all of the categorized articles that fall into certain categories. And that's going to be very useful down the road because when we get into Ashes being an Alpha 2 and we get into, like, Ashes being in full launch, we potentially have other contributors who are contributing articles or posting in the forums. Then even more... Uh, like, you know, reason to like sort of like go and explore the tags and the different articles and different posts and things um, and really like, you know, be able to jump around and see all of the things that are uh, contributed by the different community members. So shout out to everybody who's doing that. It makes uh, the HQ an even better place than it is already. Um, and that means we've also got a third article from Daedalus coming up towards the end of this month. They're thinking about another... Probably two weeks, I think, maybe two to three weeks. Yeah, two or three weeks, yeah, yeah. From from tomorrow. So yeah, man. Good things are coming. Uh talking about the meaningfulness of the event system. I mean, I, I really can't I can't hit on that one enough. Uh you know, he he talked about in the developer live stream also states. He said events are driven by a state machine. There are five types of states that exist for events in progress, active, inactive, and on cooldown. There's also disabled. He said this informs what types of elements and what stage of activity things are coming online based on the event state is currently active. That, I think, could potentially have a lot of value. Again, I'm going back and I'm, you know, further referencing the Dagum calendar system in the game. That they're going to have you're going to have this like calendar in game that you can access you know they talked about guild events potentially being you know plugged into that which i was really excited about as, as a guild master that's like one of the the coolest things that you can do it's one of the things world of warcraft in my opinion did really well it did really well doing that i think it brought a lot of value to the game for communities you know, and currently in that game, you can see scheduled events that the player does for their communities. You can see seasonal events. You can th see other things and plenty of other games have done this where, you know, uh, maybe an event's occurring right now and there's a status on there. Sometimes you can see that on the map. I don't know that I'd really I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about seeing that on the on the map. I'm kind of a minimalist. Um, if it if it's done seamlessly, it could work out well, but you don't I don't want a lot of like clutter on the map i like to have a pretty clear direction where i'm going and not have to like worry about there being too much there but um i think utilizing those states on the calendar for sure potentially on a map could actually be really good for players who are maybe trying to see well do i have time to to get to that you know, because um, nothing's worse than, oh, my gosh, there's something going on. I want to get there. Maybe I got to be present in the area to sign up or something. And I got to run my happy ass across the world of era because we know that, you know, fast travel is not like common. So that could be pretty important for someone who's like, am I going to have the time to get there to be a part of this or not? 
I don't know. I think that's a really good uh, example of uh, a way to sort of integrate something into the world. Also, world conditions like levels, uh, season, service building activation, relics, completed raids. These could all inform events to trigger as well. So I saw that and I was like, okay, interesting. What kind of events would be triggered based on a completed raid? That's an interesting idea. Can we think of a game where we've seen stuff like that happen before? I mean, World of Warcraft did more of like, you know, things in town to celebrate, mm -hmm. like, you know, when somebody like turns in like the head of a dragon or something like that, right? I think that's mm -hmm. good, but there wasn't an actual like event where other players could participate. It was more like kind of like an in-game cutscene. Um but I think it would be cool just to have like an event triggered. And again, maybe not always because it goes back to, okay, every time we do this raid and we kill XYZ boss, right? We're, we're dealing with the event and again, it becomes repetitive, but maybe there's different, depending on the conditions of, of the win in that raid, different things occur, right? we trigger maybe something new, like a new world boss or something like that. Like one of the other things that I thought was really cool um, in the events is they talked about like everything having a consequence, right? So being able to see things immediately and tangibly, I think that like even like weather changing on a dime would be really cool to see. So yeah, it's there's just so much you can do with this. It just, again, it just goes back to how can we make it truly feel dynamic versus it's an if then that happens every single time? Yeah. And Cheryl actually hit on one. So like Medux was talking about like, do you know, did you, you know, what were, he was talking about ESO specifically and he was saying something about like, you know, do you ever know when dark anchors were coming down and in, in you didn't with those, but, but Cheryl's right in elsewhere there's dragons, right? Which I would have preferred to be in a different zone, but that's just me. But that was a really good example of the indicators on the map for, oh, they actually did. They did add that, though. That's a more recent change. But I'm talking more about like back in the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, what was kind of like the norm, like anchors didn't have that. I know they added that for pretty much all events, if I'm not mistaken now in ESO. But dragons were what I thought was important because that was one that like is mobile. Like so, you know, specifically for stuff like maybe corruption. Like if corruption spreading, like kind of need to like know where, right. That's going to be at like, and having it spread on the map, you know, even if it's just like a circle or something, which, you know, would be kind of basic, would be, would be helpful. Or even just seeing an origin point could be helpful, you know, but, but I think for something moving, you, I think it is important to have like a bit of an idea about that. Cause unless it's like a static, event like you know for example a dragon always comes out of the cave the cave's always in the same place you know where the dragon comes out right something like that isn't you know i don't see that's like a big deal like because if you don't know initially then you end up learning later where it's at it's you know something that's familiar to you oh the black dragon a dweedle just came out the cave i gotta get over to take it out i know where the black dragon a dweedle's at right because I was there when the sandal dropped on its head. The black dragon is all of you all. 
Just saying. Black Dragon of Doodle. Very, very well played. <laughs> Don't you ever tell me I'm a, I'm a ninja looter again? Okay. <laughs> there, there were a couple other points, but with completed raids, I actually always thought that was a really good... Uh, I always loved that in World of Warcraft. Like when... It does get a little redundant, but like when you go and you took out what was the Algalon, I think the observer yep. and like I was Algalon. actually just thinking of that one. Yeah, that was cool because like the sky sort of like changes in uh, Dalaran. You remember like it gets all like astral looking or whatever. And it's like, oh, my God, I remember being there and I was like, what just happened? I was like, I don't even know what just happened. And it was like, you know, and then one day you're the one that's bringing this back and turning it in and like, hey, I did it. And they're like, oh, and like, you know bask in the glory of the cosmos and you're like this is really cool stuff like that i think is pretty i just for me it's super immersive even you know it's actually not something that ever really bothered me either because you had the you went to blackwing layer took out uh you took out what was it um what was his name oh my god Neltharian. yes thank you Neltharian. you take him out and you come back and like his head's on a spike and freaking or Grimoire or like Stormwind or whatever. And there's like this sort of like RP thing going and like, you know, and in like chat or whatever that, that stuff like is really kind of cool. And being able to sort of see like a visual representation of this accomplishment in like a city, I think is a, is a really immersive for me. So those are really cool. Wait, what look for Sims first AOC, AOC single. Where were you when the sandal fell? <laughs> oh my god even cheryl trolls me these days it's so unfortunate okay uh that in-game events may not be perfectly cyclical and vera like they are in the real world examples like christmas happening once per four seasons in the real world um but not necessarily once per month for vera since seasons are weekly in vera i'd still just want to say can we not do weekly please please yeah. hear me and the rest of us i know i'm not alone too frequent yeah I, I i every time i hear that i it's a little bit cringe for me i just hope they yeah. do reconsider that in terms of the because again i go back to that whole pacing conversation right if things happening are happening too quickly i mean there's got to be things where you have to act quickly right you've got to have a sense of urgency for some events but something as basic as seasons you can't have them happen too quickly. The pacing, people would just get too disoriented as players. I mean, I'm like, I would even go so far as to say maybe do like a season change a month. Um, that would be, I think, more. Because if you don't want to do it like in in time with like, you know, like when they happen in the world, like that's several months, at least one, you know, a month where you're changing seasons because that could um, but that obviously has some other effects, but still it's like, yeah, weekly just never sat right when I heard it. So hopefully they're, they're hearing this feedback and you know, going to have a solution. Cause it's kind of, it's going to be weird, right. To, for there to be like a fall or winter oriented event. And then you've got like a week to do it. <clears throat> and in the period of time, like it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it all of a sudden is like summer in the game or something. I'll be like, this is weird, yo. Yeah. I, I, I actually really like it when, and I know maybe not everybody's like this, but it, it feels really cool that it's evening for me and I'm on a server that's set around my time and it's like evening here and the, the lights yes. coming down and then I'm in the game and like the lights dimming 
I, I actually really love that like more than I can tell you. It feels so immersive. Like I get on Lotro and every time I get on Lotro right now and it's in the evening, it's dark in the game. And it's like really a cool vibe. Now, granted, it ends up light getting light again and getting dark and getting light again before that same time the next day. And that's kind of normal for a lot of games. Like you usually get like at least a couple day and night cycles each 24 hours in a in a game. But I actually am not I don't have an issue with like, yo, I got on early in the day one week, one day, one week. And it was like, you know, 10 in the morning here. I got in game and it was like morning and I felt like I was in the morning in the game. It it feels cool. I guess that's one of the things I've always actually kind of felt bummed about with games is when it didn't actually feel like, you know, when it's dark outside, it's dark in the game. It's light outside. It's light in the game because I'm on server time for the game that matches my own i actually always liked it and i always am kind of bummed out whenever that doesn't happen um but again that's just one of the things that allows me to feel immersed i still think weekly is like that's a lot yeah i I would love to see the day and night cycle be kind of equivalent to like the time zone of the server i think that would be really neat um, you know, it, you would have to balance that if there are like certain events that might only happen at night. Um, that may be something they need to think about is like how they would pace that. But I actually do recall that. I don't remember for sure. And maybe somebody can fact check me, but I thought they did something like that in EverQuest. And I always loved that kind of that type of thing, or at least it was noticeable enough where i remember like traveling at night it being night i don't know just one of those things like you said it's about immersion um yeah i mean i could still time it the way they're planning on doing it to where like you know it's winter and the winter event happens and for a week you could have it going but you know what if they have what if you want an event that runs a little longer i think it's just kind of weird then again i don't know man there could be so much change with ashes with like things impacting the weather of a biome due to a some sort of an event you know like you kill a fire dragon and he lays like molten lava on the place now it's a hot mess and you gotta work on cleaning it up and having weather impact things like i there's a lot to take into take into account i think so it's it, it's one of those things we guess we gotta see when we get there but the thing is there's got to be dials on that so hopefully if it's not resonating for a lot of people they adjust it that would be cool um i don't think that it would you know i, I don't see any reason why that would really uh negatively impact their game design um unless there was just like something we're not aware of that's going on there but um yeah oh my gosh here's a we already hit on the cutscenes. We talked about character art already last time. We got the Q and A bit here. I think we got. We might end up having to chip away at some of the Q and A next time. Actually, damn. This is my point. You see what I'm saying? Like they give us yeah. enough stuff to talk about. I mean, I actually feel like I could have rambled even more about some of the other things that we talked about previously. But for the sake of people going, oh my god, Sam, please move on. I didn't, basically. It's just real talk. I'll hit on this one, though. Will there be custom text chat commands, forward slash E, emote, forward slash me, or some variant um, be in the game for role-playing? And he said, yes, you can do that in the chat box. I think we already knew that. Um, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we had a discussion around custom emotes sort of being a thing related to yeah, Pacha. That was Pacha's yeah. jam. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what level of, I, I do want to say one thing ESO does really good is it got personalities, personalities that got like the toy box slash like mementos. I mean, world of Warcraft is a toy box. Um, ESO, it's like mementos. I think things like that are just also really good for role play. Um, but you know, do it more in line with, you know, like the world of Warcraft style, I think like make it just the vast majority, if not like, you know, 99% be achievable directly in game via prestige merit. Um, don't let that be cash shop stuff. Um, I, I don't really have an issue if it's like I bought, you know, an expansion and this came as a part of it, but ashes isn't planning on doing that. So although I am a proponent that they do, this is me. I actually would be okay with them doing that because, but I don't think it's ever going to happen now as a result of, you know, it's been part of the game plan for so long. I don't know. I think we're in a good spot right now. I, I think I want to save the Q&A for next week because it's it's pretty. There's some pretty. There's a pretty good. It's, it's kind of a chunky Q&A. There's a, a good bit of stuff there and some of that stuff. We are probably going to actually have uh, quite a bit of talk about. Um, there's one specific to uh, story arcs chapters and narrative which i think is going to be really a big one to talk about so if any of y'all want to like pre-game ahead of time for next week just be aware this is a big let's go check it out give it some love like it love it um you know drop some comments and thoughts in there i think specifically related to the dev um the the dev live stream that we saw i would say that if we if you have specific thoughts related to the dev live stream, if you drop them on our podcast where we're covering it, or more specifically, if you drop those comments, I think on the development outlines on Ashes HQ, that'll make it even easier for us to like really incorporate that into the discussions we're having as we're following along. So I'm just kind of putting that out there because, um, yeah, that might be a really good way to have community engagement around discussions for the podcast that we do around developer uh outlines because since the outline's there and people can comment at the bottom as we're talking about something if someone makes a note specifically about that thing i can easily integrate that into discussion points and references as we're going along too so that could be kind of fun for everybody okay we do the ashes post show after every developer live stream we do the pathfinder post show after every pathfinder podcast which is where we kind of rant on about some of the stuff we talked about in shorter form here. Um, it allows me to sort of like chat one-on-one -on -one with people um, in the community that are in chat. And you all, I'm going to be honest, there was so much going on chat tonight that like I, I missed so much. And there were some, I, there were some really good reference points, but I definitely missed a good number of those. Um, so with that being said, I think I'm going to put a pin in it for that, for this episode today. Pin it right there. We'll pick up on the Q&A. We've got some serious discussion points around some of the things in that Q&A um, that we're going to elaborate on further. So if you want to stick around for the Pathfinder post show, just hang in chat. But in the meantime, Dayless, why don't you shout out your domains and stuff and things where people can find you when you're not on this show? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. 
Yes, and friends, I want to encourage you again to join us on Thursdays, 5 p.m. Central, uh, on here on my twitch.tv forward slash some org, where this podcast is housed, as well as the LFM podcast. We're going to have a new one coming up this week. It's going to be a hell of a show. We've been two weeks off on that one, and I just had too many things going on, and boy, do we got a lot to rant on about. There are some, I want to say a shout out to everybody not only the ones that follow over on the Ashes HQ YouTube, but my own YouTube channel, the Samorg YouTube, we have been growing there pretty fast. We have been growing faster and faster every week. I got some things that are a little different coming to that channel, but yo, we had over 5,000 subscribers there already, friends. So seriously, shout out to all of you all for following. If you don't follow it, um, that's the the variety gaming and discussion. It's kind of me as a human ranting about the things that are interesting to me. Um, and we hit on all kinds of things and we're about to expand a little bit further. So buckle up, buttercup. We got some stuff in the agenda. Friends, for those of you sticking around for the Pathfinder post show, I'll be chatting with you soon. For the rest of you, whether you watch this on YouTube, whether you're catching us here live um, or you're listening to it in the drive to work, back and from work, etc. Shout out to all of you. You are also Ashes Pathfinders, right? You're here with us on this journey. Much love to all of you to Intrepid Studios. And until next week, live your best lives. Walk in the light. Have a great night. We're going to catch up with you again real soon, everybody. Bye for now. Thank you, everyone.